The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Live by Live has all of your favorite music, and you can listen for free. Whether you hit play on one of our hundreds of curated music stations or create your own custom artist radio station, you'll find the music you love on Live by Live. Visit LiveXLive.com or search LiveXLive in the App Store or Google Play and listen for free now. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any. Ross Tucker football podcast. I would never do that to you guys. It is a teaching tutorial Thursday presented by DraftKings, America's number one rated sports book app. They got a crazy awesome promotion for UFC. Just make sure you throw the code Ross in. Teaching tutorial Thursday means we have the civilian goat. Yes, greatest of all time. Greg Cosell NFL matchup show on ESPN, NFL films, 42 years. There is nobody better. In my opinion, there is nobody more objective. He doesn't have people he needs to please. He doesn't care. He just says what the videotape shows. I absolutely love it. Just like I love any of you or all of you that go ahead and help our show in any way. You are the real winners. I want winners. I want people that want to win. Easiest contest in the world, number one. Spreading the word via social media with a quote tweet or a retweet or a like or a love or a reply or anything. Anything at all. Frank Aroni, he quote tweeted the Even Money podcast. Thank you, Frank. That's all we needed. I think it might have been the Vikings clip that we posted at Ross Tucker pod. You can also quote tweet or retweet anything I do at Ross Tucker NFL Facebook. I look at Facebook a lot, Instagram. It all helps. Frank A-R-O-N-E. Let me know if you want a signed picture, press pass, whatever. Football card, sponsor confirmation email winner, Jim Walsh. Jim Walsh went to fantasypoints.com and threw the code 21 feast in. Very simple, Jim. I love it. Graham Barfield was amazing from Fantasy Points yesterday. Absolutely amazing with his yards created metric talking running backs. Just use the code 21FEAST over there. Congrats, Jim. And then the YouTube shout-out, which is like these cameo videos I do for people. People have me do cameo videos 
They hire me on Cameo to give them like a happy birthday shout out. I'm going to give you whatever you want, Stephen Clinton. Just let me know. I saw your awesome YouTube comment after you subscribed, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, I already told you about him. He is the greatest of all time, Greg Cosell. He'll actually join us next Friday morning. So we will be the first place where you can hear Greg's post-round one thoughts, and Greg and I can talk about it. And just the interesting fits, you know, we don't talk I'll, – I'll talk more about what I think about some of the decisions teams made. Greg will dive more into the fits and where we see these players playing for these new teams. So that's next Friday morning. We'll do the third Ross Tucker football podcast of the week next week. we got some awesome stuff planned for Even Money and Fantasy Feast as well. So today we're going over the DBs, Greg, both corners and safeties. It's our last position group. We've done a different position group every week for the last, I don't know, eight weeks. People can go back. That's a cool thing about podcasts. You can listen to them or watch them on YouTube, whenever. Before we get there, though, Greg, we did get a couple of official weights from guys that were at the, the, the Indy Combine that stood out to people. I guess the medical checks. They finally right. had medical checks last weekend. And I just got to get your thoughts on it. You'll probably tell me it's meaningless. Maybe you'll tell me it's not. I don't know. The first one, Devontae Smith weighed in at 166 pounds. He's over six feet tall. He's six foot and a half, whatever. 166 pounds. Now, we thought he was 170, Greg. So I don't know that it makes <laughs> that much of a difference. But uh, does it matter to you at all that he's 166 and not 170? Oh, no, no. But the But the point is... He's an outlier. He's an exception because of his weight. And that will be discussed in draft meetings, Ross. There's no question. He's a high-level traits receiver. Uh, There's no question that when you watch him on tape and you see the traits and the attributes, you say, this guy's a really, really good receiver. But at 166, he's an exception. So it will be discussed. Um, It's easy to say right now, and certainly because he played at Alabama at the highest level of college football, that, oh, it doesn't matter because he played so well at that level. It's an impossible question to answer, but it will be discussed because he is truly an exception, and that's just the reality. And then you've got – it's funny because I was thinking like, Deshaun Jackson's awfully skinny. You know, I was trying to think about the other receivers that are really, really light. Hollywood Brown doesn't weigh very much. Yeah, but but think about what you're saying. Devontae Smith is being talked about as a top 10 pick. So if you draft Devontae Smith in the top 10, then you're expecting him to be a high-level wide receiver one who's an all-pro, correct? Yeah. Deshaun Jackson's had a really nice career. Deshaun Jackson would never be considered a top five receiver in the NFL. And by the way, he was the 47th or 49th player chosen in a draft, and he's a specific kind of player. He's an explosive vertical dimension. But I would say, Greg, I would say, and you, you might disagree, I think if you knew you were getting Deshaun Jackson and Deshaun Jackson's career, I think he I think he would go in the top 10. Now, 
Like with the way the game is now, with the number of plays, I mean, the number of big touchdowns stretching the field that right. Sean Jackson had. I, I th- but that look, that's because Greg, you you know he's going to play ten years and be productive. Of course you would. You know, I think they'd probably take him the top ten, but you don't know that now. No, and and again, you make an interesting point about the vertical dimension and the explosive plays because that's what offensive football, in a sense, has become. Uh, coordinators are trying to create explosive plays to score touchdowns. So that's a impossible question to answer about Deshaun Jackson. But in terms of of volume, you would never call him a wide receiver one. As for Zayvon Collins, Greg, he weighed two seventy. Yeah, that that surprised me. So um, you want to talk about an outlier? There are not any 270-pound off-the-ball linebackers in the NFL. There just aren't. No, and the fact that he weighed 270, I'm assuming he wanted to gain weight. Uh, he kn- he knew there was going to be a recheck. So I'm trying to think that what that means for him. What does he see himself as? Because when he was 259 at his pro day, you know, I thought, wow, this that that's a good weight. This kid's really athletic. He's fluid. He's smooth. He's a terrific athlete for that size. You start to get to 270, and you start thinking that this guy's not a linebacker. You start thinking that he's really a defensive lineman. So does he see himself that way? Does he ultimately want to transition as a defensive end? I don't know the answer to that. You'd have to talk to him. Um, He showed some pass rush traits at Tulsa, but he wasn't really used that way that much. So – I was very surprised to see that because now I'm uncertain as to what he is as he transitions to the league. So I would tell you, just like they're talking about Devontae Smith, they're talking about Zayvon Collins weighing 270, and they're getting to the bottom of it. Did he let himself go a little bit after the pro day? Did he really have to to fight to get under 260 for the pro day because he wanted to have – good measurables with the jumps and the shuttles and, and the and, and the 40 and stuff, is he really a naturally 265, high 260s guy? You know, I'm skeptical that he was 259 at his pro day because that, that feels to me like a guy who knew he had to be under 260 at his pro day. Well, then, then here's the question. Let's say he truly played this season at Tulsa, 267, 268, 270. Then that's all the more remarkable the way in which he moves at that weight. So maybe he too is an is an exception in a good way, you know. And I'm not saying Smith is an exception in a bad way. I'm just saying, you know, maybe Collins is just one of those freaky guys that moves like he does at 270. And you're right, there are not there have not been off the ball linebackers. I mean, I, you can go back to LeVon Kirkland, but obviously he was not that level of athlete. You know, he was not a smooth guy. He was kind of tight-hipped, although he could run, but he was tight-hipped. Collins is not tight-hipped. But that was also a different era with yes. LeVon Kirkland. LeVon Kirkland wouldn't play on passing downs now. No, you know, he certainly I, would not. I played against him a couple times. That was not fun Yeah, for him to have that head of steam. Here's what I would say to Zayvon Collins. There's no value – in the 10 pounds between 260 and 270 for him. No. That doesn't help him at all. No. For the stuff he's going to be asked to do. Like, I, I, you know what I think, Greg? I think he probably played at, like, 265. And I am now fascinated to see what he could be at 250. 
Right, right. You know, like, and it, it might be difficult for him, but if he could get to two, like, he could really be, like, you know, you think about the Van Der Esch's and the Edmonds. I mean, he could really be something. Anyway, we got to get to the DBs. Um, let's start with corners. They, you know, they'll go higher off the board. They're more talked about. I am, by the way, Greg, always fascinated. And there's other positions like this, but boy, there are different body types for corners. Like, just think about. Patrick Sertan II versus Asante Samuel Jr. I mean, really, you're talking about four or five inches difference in yeah. height. Um, well, we can start with Sertan because when all said and done, he was my favorite corner to watch. Um, you know me. I don't necessarily love lists. I don't sit here and say number, you know, because it's hard, let's say, to compare Patrick Sertan and Asante Samuel. Um, but Sertan was just my favorite corner to watch. I think that uh, – playing mirror match press man. And for people that don't know what that means, that means you're in press man coverage, but you don't physically jam with your hands the receiver off the ball. You let him declare his route, and then you literally just get in his hip pocket. That's You're mirroring his route. So we call that mirror match press man. Patrick Sertan, to me, was just born to play that. It looks effortless when he plays mirror match press man. And he reminded me the way in which he played that coverage of Champ Bailey. It just looks effortless. Um, and again, we know who his dad uh, was, who played in the league for a long time at corner. But it just looks like Sertan was born to play that coverage. But having said that, he can play physical press. He's very physical and competitive as a tackler on the outside. To me, he was the most complete corner prospect in this draft class. So... I've read on multiple occasions that there's a concern of how high his ceiling is. There's a thought that maybe J.C. Horn has more upside. What do you think people are seeing or getting at when they're saying those things, Greg? You know, there may be a sense that, and we've heard this through the years, we know that Nick Saban that his background is coaching the secondary. So there's a sense when Alabama corners come out that they've they've been coached so extremely well that they, they're playing to their highest level right now, that they're not going to be better. Um, that's a very difficult question for me to answer. Um, the only thing I would say about Sertan that I don't want to say it's concerning because uh, it didn't happen often, but He's not necessarily a, a burner. He's not – Tennessee wide receiver Josh Palmer ran by him a few times. Um, you know, he's not that guy. Whatever it means, he's a four four six guy on his 40-yard dash, so he's not a speed guy. Um, but, you know, I can't answer that. He To me, he's just a really good corner. What did you see from J.C. Horn from South Carolina? I mean, I think J.C. Horn is a, is a really good prospect, too. I think he checks all the boxes. There's there's no question about that. I mean, you're talking about a kid that's 6'1", 205. His, his measurables are really strong. Um, he's got size, length. What stood out was his physicality and his competitiveness. That really stood out. The one thing he will have to clean up, which you're allowed to do in college, but not in the NFL, Ross, is he was very handsy and grabby through receivers' routes. And you can do that in college. You can't do that in the NFL. Um, but he's got 
all the athletic and physical traits you want in an outside corner. He can play press. He can play physical press. He can play mirror match press. I mean, you watch him against Auburn when he lined up against their wide receiver, Seth Williams, who likely will be drafted. I mean, that was textbook mirror match press man, just getting in the hip pocket of Williams and maintaining contact throughout the route. It was beautiful. So he checks all the boxes. He just has to clean up the handsy, grabby approach. All right, so we're well aware at this point of Caleb Farley's back surgeries yeah. and the medical issues. What about just what you saw on the tape, Greg? And you have to remember with Farley that he was a quarterback in high school. He does not have a ton of experience, Ross, playing corner. So he's still learning. But this kid, he is so powerfully built. You know, size-wise, he's similar to Horn and Sertan, but he just looks different the way he's built. Um, he's got explosive movement traits. He's he's kind of a fun guy to watch just because of the way he's built and the way he moves. Be, to me, watching tape, that's, that's all I'm going on. To me, because he does not have a ton of experience at the position, he was much better playing press man than he was playing off-coverage zone. Because as you know, Raw, zone requires a lot more understanding of things. It requires you to understand receiver distribution, receiver splits, route combinations, how they go together. When do you carry? When do you pass to a teammate? Those are things that are learned, and he doesn't have that kind of experience. He hasn't played a lot of football at the corner position. But the the physical and athletic traits are there, and he is a powerful, explosive-moving athlete. What did you think? Uh, did you get a chance to watch Greg Newsom from Northwestern? Oh, sure. Yet? Yeah, I've seen a, I've seen a ton of corners. You know, because corners, normally corners and wide receiver are, are positions that are drafted an awful lot each year. So Newsom's another guy that he was also handsy and grabby. That's something he's going to have to clean up as well. Um, now he's played a ton of man, a ton of zone. He's a little high cut and long legged, but he's very smooth. Um, he's got natural quickness. Um, I wouldn't say he's sudden and twitchy, which, you know, we like to see in, in outside corners, but there are times he kind of looked that way. But I would say ultimately you're just looking at a really smooth athlete, very poised, very composed. The term we like to use with corners that play man and, and certainly mirror match press man is they stay in phase through the route stem. So that means they just stay with their technique. They stay right in the hip pocket of the receiver. Um, there's nothing hurried or frenetic about their movement. They just stay right in their comfortable phase, and that's a really strong trait for him. So if you can only talk about one more corner, Greg, there's the two kids from Georgia. There's Joseph from Kentucky. There's Molden. There's Samuel. If you only talk about one more corner, who would it be? Well, you mentioned Samuel, so let's talk about him. To me, he's a very fascinating litmus test because he played outside at Florida State. He's got terrific traits, terrific traits to play corner uh, and is super competitive. He's 5'10 and an eighth, 180. So the question becomes, is he an outside corner in the NFL in this era where many wide receivers are getting bigger and bigger? So uh, he could be giving up three, four inches and 30 to 40 pounds playing on the outside in the NFL. So the question is, what is he? Um, it would not surprise me if he moves inside to the slot. But on the other hand, 
you, some teams could see him in the mold of a, of a Stephen Nelson. Stephen Nelson has played on the outside for a number of teams. I forget who he just signed with. He was with Pittsburgh, but I remember watching him when he came out of Oregon State, and he was really competitive in the same way Asante Samuel is. So Samuel is going to be a fascinating litmus test because he has really good sticky man coverage traits. But at 5'10", 180, is he an outside corner? It's, it's, there's, it's an unanswerable because it will be in the eye of the beholder. So let's get to safety, Greg. I don't spend as much time on it because there might not be any taken in the first round. Feels like this is the same way every year where there's like not a first round guy. There's a few that could go late first, early second. Is there a guy you love? Because I like letting you talk about guys you love. Well, there's a couple of guys I really like. I, and, and one guy I really liked on tape was was Andre Sisco from Syracuse, who got hurt. And I think he only played um, two games this year. But I think this kid, to me, he can play multiple positions with, within different defensive concepts and schemes. I think he's as good a post-safety prospect as there is in this draft class. There's not a lot of post-safety prospects. Um and I think he's as good as there is. I mean, he's got play speed and range. He's got great ball skills and production. I mean, this kid played 24 games in college, Ross, and had 13 interceptions. Think about that for a minute. Um, you know, I think he had range to work from the middle of the field to the sideline. He could work from one hash outside the opposite hash when he was cheated. I mean, and he was also used as a man-to-man defender on wide receivers and tight ends. Um I really like Andre Sisco. I'm fascinated to see, number one, where he's drafted because he only played two games this year and who drafts him and how they see him when they draft him. So, Greg, you and I know what a post-safety is, and I think we've talked about it on the show before, but a lot of our listeners, they love listening to you because they learn. Post-safety, Greg, your explanation. Oh, post-safety is when you're in a coverage that has just a deep safety, a single high deep safety. So it's it's cover one, which is man-to-man with a single high deep safety. Or cover three, which is zone coverage with a single high deep safety. There's only one deep safety. That's what a post-safety is. And that's what I was speaking about with Andre Sisco. So, I mean... That, that happens a lot. I mean, that, that, there's a lot of single high looks in the NFL. If he's the best post safety, I would think people – there's a lot of people looking for guys for that role. I feel well, like there's other guys who – These are the guys that – the two deep safeties are the guys that are good near – I feel like those are easier to find than a really right. good post safety with range. You're, you're 100% right, and that's why over the last four or five years, Ross, there's been a gradual increase in, in – uh, split safety, meaning two safeties now, in split safety coverage in the NFL. If you look at the statistics, a coverage called quarters, cover four has been on the increase incrementally each year because it's very hard to find true post safeties. And and in the NFL, that that's a big factor, obviously. So there's been, as I said, a gradual increase in, in split safety coverage concepts, particularly cover four. So if you're not already, make sure you subscribe to this show so you can make sure you hear Greg next Friday morning after round one of the NFL draft. And of course, you can read all of Greg's draft profiles 
at fantasypoints.com. Just make sure you use the code 21FEAST. But there's a lot of other players that Greg and I don't get a chance to talk about that Greg has evaluated and written up profiles on. So it's a great way to go. Fantasypoints.com. Use the code 21FEAST. Greg, you're the man. Thank you so much. Thanks, Ross. Appreciate it. Gosh, I love Greg. You know what else I love? My mom. Mother's Day season is here, and that means it's 1-800-Flowers.com time. Ordering early means getting the best selection of bouquets that are guaranteed to show her she's loved. Right now at 1-800-Flowers, you can get 36 sorbet roses. Mm, That sounds good. For $36. These aren't your average roses either. I love these sorbet roses. I look, I you guys know me by now. I get it from my mom. I get it from my mother-in-law. Um, I get it from my wife. No matter what they say, they love flowers. They love roses. I actually think they like the multicolored more than the red, but I think maybe for Valentine's Day, it's more of a red for your significant other. Anyway, to order 36 sorbet roses for $36, like I do every Valentine's Day, every Mother's Day, Go to 1-800-Flowers.com, click the radio icon, and enter code FOOTBALL. That's 1-800-Flowers.com. Code FOOTBALL. Hurry, this offer expires Friday. That's tomorrow. Morning, Ross. Let's start with some of the actual rule changes in the NFL. They announced yesterday. What are they and your thoughts? No overtime in the preseason. That's awesome if you are a preseason broadcaster like I am. We don't need overtime in the preseason. I'm surprised it took him this long to get rid of that. One less guy in what they call, I don't know, the recovery zone or something. One less guy trying to recover an onside kick for the kickoff return team. They're not doing the 4th and 15 thing, which I think would be amazing. They're keeping the onside kick. So they're trying to make it a little bit easier to try to recover an onside kick. The replay official is going to be more involved, but still vague as to what exactly that means. And they're going to allow single digits for skill guys, which is pretty awesome. And we'll see some number changes. However, you got to buy out the entire inventory of your old jersey if you want to switch. However, I would think by the time you buy out the whole inventory and then switch, everybody's going to want to get your new one. I don't know. Somebody have to do the math on that one for me. The NFL announced yesterday that they're going to announce the 2021 NFL regular season schedule on May 12th. I might be the only person or one of the only people, Bri, in the galaxy that is like more interested in the preseason schedule because I want to see what Eagles games I'm calling when. I guess they're all coming out May 12th. Used to come out before the draft. Used to be a big deal. I think they've realized, though, there's enough like pre-draft buzz that doing it in mid-May, you know, it gives it another like turbo boost at that point on the calendar. Duck Stakes. 
Any thoughts on Devontae Smith weighing 166 pounds, Zayvon Collins weighing 270, or it being revealed that Justin Fields has had epileptic seizures in the past? Well, I think Greg and I hit the Devontae Smith and Zayvon Collins thing pretty much. I'm not overly concerned about either, but I do think it's fair to re- to, to discuss it, and in particular to reach out to Zayvon Collins or Tulsa and find out what he played at last year. As for Justin Fields, it obviously appears to be something that he's been able to manage and manage well. Um, I actually like hearing these stories in the sense that it can really be inspirational to other people that have to deal with similar issues. So uh, kudos to Justin Fields for revealing that. And I didn't realize this, but Hall of Famer Alan Fanica evidently, you know, had seizures and had had to take medication to manage that. And he obviously had a ridiculous career. Ducks takes. Uh, other news includes, and it says here, read all at once, Brian. So we will go and start with safety. TJ Ward retires. Wide receiver Antonio Brown settles lawsuit. Running back Bryce Love cut and unclaimed on waivers. Seahawks sign cornerback Pierre Desir, and the Niners sign Arden Key and Wayne Gallman. T.J. Ward had a nice career. It's interesting. It feels like T.J. Ward was around forever. He played eight years, and I guess it's natural. I always kind of relate to me playing seven. He, you know, he started a lot more games, made a lot more money, whatever. But it makes me feel good that it feels like T.J. Ward was around forever, and I was almost around that long. Antonio Brown settling that lawsuit probably gives him a better chance to get signed by somebody now that at least that legal issue is not hanging over him anymore. The Bryce love story. Uh, wow. Did you hear that? Bryce? That was not intentional. Did you, did you get that? Got it. Yeah. Like the Bryce love story. No, the Bryce love comma story. Uh, it's not a love story. Uh, I think he's probably done. He was never able to recover from the torn ACL that he suffered at Stanford. You know, it's funny because, not funny, but the running back before him, Christian McCaffrey, was the first one to skip a bowl game, caught some flack for that. Bryce Love, objectively, from a business and financial decision, should have turned professional after the ridiculous 2,000-yard year or whatever he had. It's very rare. Very rare that it makes sense to come back to school. I don't think it ha- helped Travis Etienne at Clemson at all. I I wish more guys, especially at running backs, would leave school early. Although I guess you could uh, argue Najee Harris improved his draft stock. As for Desir, Arden Key, Wayne Gallman, these are teams that would like to go into the draft without feeling like they have to draft a player at a certain position. So Desir is a competent corner. Key gives the Niners some depth as an edge rusher. Gallman gives them another runner that had a pretty good year, actually, for the Giants, filling in for Saquon Barkley. So all those things make sense, just like it makes sense for you to take the code Ross over to the DraftKings Sportsbook I mean, the the offer they have right now for UFC, 
are you kidding me? I mean, Masvidal, Usman, 26 to 1 odds. Just put a bet on either guy, 26 to 1 odds. So if you bet $5 on either fighter to win, you get $130. Just make sure you use the code Ross over at DraftKings Sportsbook. I love that because you might not be that into MMA, but it makes it a heck of a lot more interesting if you can win 130 bucks after you put five bucks down if your guy wins. Other than that, Bright, shout outs are in order. But of course, for all of our Patreon members, but especially Pizza Boy Brewing, delicious, Sport of Culture, delicious, Vision Comics with an X. HumanHeadNYC.com. That'll do it for us for this week. However, you can listen to Fantasy Feast. Grant Barfield was amazing. Even money. College Draft with Emery Hunt's Elite. Business of Sports. Andrew Brandt went over the Super League with Taylor Twelman. Check that out. And your boy. Yeah, me. I'll be on the Dan Patrick Show tomorrow. 9 a.m. the noon Eastern. Guest hosting. If you want to see your buddy, on a meet Friday. I think we're done here. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mentioned DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 109WITHIT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, it doesn't always. Sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit.